This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, The Business Machine is firing up. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Business Machine, or Learning from Our Mistakes. And I'm your host, Brian Town. And I know I say this a lot, you guys. I'm super excited about our guest today because we're speaking to Cabot Haria. And Cabot Haria and his flagship program, the Automated Business System, helps new online business owners take their ideas from inception to launch with his entire team building your entire business for you, and then guiding and marketing you to six figures. That's right, guys, six figures in your first year helping you to create the perfect freedom business. And I love that. And he's also a world-renowned tablet player. We'll get into that. A two-drum, very historical uh, instrument. I'm fascinated by it. And he's played with the likes of Paul McCartney and one of my favorites, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. And those young people out there, you better not ask who Led Zeppelin is. So, Kevin, thank you, sir, for being on from (laughs) London. From London. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. How's your, how's your, well, I could say morning, but how's your afternoon been so far? Yeah, it's afternoon here. I've uh, spent most of the day at home, uh, not really working. And this is, I think, the first time I'm logging on to do a bit of work. Um, so I checked my email in the morning and I'm, London is great. You know, the weather changes very frequently. It's a topic we all love to talk about. In Britain. Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's what we talk about here too in Lansing. I really? Guess I get, well, yeah, because I guess, and I just heard this, I don't know why I've lived here a long time, but I guess Lansing, Michigan, which is right in the center of the state, is the second cloudiest city in the country next to Seattle. No way. Wow. It's great here a lot. That's that's new stuff for me to learn today. Hey, if you didn't learn anything else today, how about that? (laughs) So, Kevin, you're at a party, um, networking party, any kind of party, you're out on the street today and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, what do you do? What is your 10-second pitch for that question? I help people that have great ideas, that do meaningful things, they want to have meaningful things done, and I help them take it online and make it profitable. I love that. Nice and and very easy uh, to understand. And one of the quotes that I saw, I think it was either in a podcast or somewhere that uh, you wrote, is you talked about fear and success. Can you explain a little bit why why those two things to you seem to go together or for some people they go together? Yeah, I think there's some interesting things around fear and success. I think that I feel like fear, not a lot of people understand what fear is. I don't plan to understand it myself completely, but I feel like there's a lot deeper there's a lot of deeper stuff going on than just the one word we label fear so it could be something like not knowing how to start a business or not even starting a business simply because we have reasons why we don't want to start right now i don't have enough contacts i don't have enough knowledge i don't have enough education i don't have enough technical know-how i don't have enough money all of those are not fear those are excuses uh, because really, you can find as many contacts as you want on LinkedIn, and you can work your ass off to build a relationship with right. them. You can uh, do whatever you need to do to learn what you need to learn uh, to be able to build. Everything, to be honest, is available for free today. The greatest uh, impact that you can get when you spend money today is speed and implementation. 
and everything else is available for free. I mean, the number of books published on literally every single topic out there is unbelievable. The number of blog posts that are extremely current, cutting edge, and share with you really useful things, uh, that, and also with images that you can point and click and do things online. So uh, really, I think there's all excuses, but fear, on the other hand, and freedom uh, come together in really amazing ways. Because the moment you say, I want to break away from what I'm doing right now because it's not making me happy and I want to do something that is truly fulfilling for me, that not only adds meaning and value, uh, but also brings me time, money, and freedom, you have to start playing with your inner self. Because your inner self so far, your entire life, generally for most people, has been, well, I've got to work eight hours a day, five days a week, four weeks a month, etc., to earn a regular income doing something that somebody else has told me to do. Now, I have some restriction. I mean, I have some freedom on the amount of time I can think about things, but generally, I'm following people's schedules and doing things on their own. When you set out to be your own boss, life is entirely different. You have to have discipline to say, I'm going to get these things done in a timely manner. You've got to be able to rise above and realize that actually I have a vision and the decisions I make need to fall into that vision because what most people do is they make decisions without a vision. And when you make decisions without knowing what your vision is, uh, what happens is you fall into this incredible trap that you don't even see because you think you're making a good decision, but really it's got nothing to do with where you want to go. And so you're wasting half a year, a year, two years, five years doing things without even realizing where it's taking you. Right. And so, do that. Yeah. So you're just like, hey, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make a run for it because that's what everybody said to do. And you don't really, you, I mean, that's a great, I think that's a great idea, but you really, so what you're saying is, is to have that plan before you make that jump or have well, that it, vision. The plan 100% minimizes your fear. But the other thing about this is that in order to have success, you have to have a little bit of fear because success is generally something that comes from outside your comfort zone. Yeah, I love that. You don't stay in your comfort zone and feel successful. Nobody ever does that. Only when you break through to something. When somebody manages to run the 100 meters uh, in under four minutes and it's never been done before, and then randomly this guy comes along like Roger Bannister and does it, mm -hmm. it's no surprise that you know, after that, 22,000 plus people have gone on and achieved to do that one thing that nobody ever did before this guy ever came on. And that's, that's because you can't stay in your comfort zone and feel successful. You've got to be able to push beyond that. And that pushing beyond it requires an investment of energy and an investment of belief in order to ride the wave and the, 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 the chemicals that the, the fear creates in your body, essentially. Right. So tell us why and take us back a little bit too, because you were, I mean, and I don't want to put this, like say just a musician, you were a pretty successful musician and very good at the, playing the tablet. But why did you start the company that you have today? What made you do that? And, and what was the aha, like, hey, I think this is something that I should really do. And I think it can be helpful to multiple people. Well, the music thing was really amazing for me. I mean, I, I took an instrument that was an Eastern drum, as it were, from India, and I born and brought up in the UK, learned to play that and wanted to play it with music that I was actually listening to more than Indian music, which was uh, Western music. So pop, R&B, jazz, hip hop, etc. And I wanted to fuse that together. Now, after my career, I went into running my first business. But after that second business, which after that first business, rather, that's how I got into what I was doing right now, because I'd built a company initially 
that was teaching musicians what I knew about marketing, what I knew about getting gigs, what I knew about getting sales, what I knew ultimately that if you put those things together, getting good gigs, getting marketing online, building your fan base, growing your exposure, getting sales, you could ultimately one day have the ultimate dream as a musician and quit your day job. So I taught all these different things through ebooks, CDs, coaching programs, membership sites, coach um, workshops, webinars, etc. And I had intricate email funnels where I would have people opt in to get something for free and I would start emailing them regularly through my newsletter and based on what they were interested in and what they were doing, I would then send them offers that were very much more segmented and targeted to them. And then the moment I managed to do that, I would get more sales. So all that knowledge that I took running a very niched business, I then took to the forefront of everything else and said, well, if I know all this stuff, surely I can help other businesses do it. Uh, and that's when I started doing coaching, workshops, seminars. I was a speaker at various different events. Uh, I ran courses online, but none of that felt right. None of that really felt like uh, it was fulfilling enough because the thing about reaching people on a mass scale and, and devoting so much energy to doing that is that not everybody takes your information, even when they say they're going to, and actually put it into practice and make a success of it. Yeah, and here I, you are. I think too, I think even today, because I bet back when you started the music one, and I think getting those newsletters and PDFs and free things like that was relatively new for people. But it seems like today, everyone is able to do that, or at least you get a lot of those messages. So I think that when we get all these pieces from all these different business people online who are trying to sell us a, a, on a way to do things, I think, yeah, we download them and we look at them and yeah, I'll put that into practice, but eh, I don't really get it or I don't really understand it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that one. So I, I, I think that that's what you probably had a hard time with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But also because I've realized that actually, you know, like, so, you know, I did all of that stuff. And then I realized that actually a lot of people aren't going to use this stuff that I was just creating and sharing. And I was making money doing it. I mean, no doubt about it. I was run a webinar yeah, yeah. I, in 2011. I did 200 plus webinars. I did, uh, I sold a product that was a thousand dollars. And I had, you know, each time I would run a webinar, I had on average 11 to 12% conversion. Wow. So I was doing pretty good just selling courses. But again, it wasn't about that because I had money from the music business and people were just weren't using this stuff and turning it around. And so I had to find another way. And I realized that the one thing I was most interested in, and I had to go through that journey. And I always believe, and I've always believed that everything that you do is always bringing you to where you are today in every way, shape and form. And so um, I took those greatest learnings that I had and I realized that the one thing that I'm the most passionate about and the one thing that really brings me alive is helping somebody who has an idea realize that, and just by using a sheet of paper, that we could draw out a way for their target audience to go through a journey, essentially a sales funnel or a roadmap or a business model or a business plan, whatever you want to call it, get to the other side and have money in the back. And that vision and how we could actually draw that all out so people could see that there's lead generation, there's capturing people, there's nurturing people, there's converting people, and do that one-to-one -one for somebody that really was passionate about their idea, really was committed and interested. And so that was how I had realized that if that was my passion, I've got to do more of that. And so I stripped away all my course selling ideas and, and all of that time. I took some time away and I really planned how I would do this. And I brought my team that was in the music company that were helping me and a few others. And we created a team of people that were essentially the people that worked with me, but now we were going to do it for other clients. And we started attracting uh, some great clients to sit down with, to draw out their map, uh, roadmap, 
to uh, create their business model. And then everything that we had created and drawn on a sheet of paper, we would then go and build it for them. So we would build their sales funnels, their email plans, their uh, videos, if required, their opt-ins, their, you know, now we have lead pages, lead boxes, their WordPress site, their automation, their integration into Infusionsoft, the payment system, everything. So that when somebody finishes, they would have a complete business up and running. And then we decided that, okay, that's great because, you know, I used to run workshops, two-day workshops, and people would come for two days. We called it the 48-hour internet startup. And I did it in New York. I did it in the UK. I did it in Sydney. And we had loads of people go through that. But they would get to the end of two days, <laughs> Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and oh, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. They'd get there to to the end of two days and they would be completely exhausted even though they have a business up and running because then they've spent so much time on it yeah. and it would take a whole week for them to go and implement the marketing stuff that we talked about in the seminar which most likely they'd forgotten so uh, I decided that what I'm doing now and what I've been doing for the last three years is a service called the automated business system where over 12 months we help people as I said build everything up and then we coach them for about 10 months within that period to actually create a marketing plan, stick to the marketing plan, tweak and move and change where required, but learn everything you need to learn and action on everything that you need to be able to grow your business to $100,000 in your very first year. I love that. And it really makes a lot of sense because I, I could just picture sitting in that room for two days. And I, I think not only being tired, but just being overwhelmed. That's a lot of information, especially if it's new to you. One thing I, I wanted to ask you too, and I think a lot of people out there listening right now might go, well, you know, and I'm thinking about two things. Number one, I think I don't, somebody might be going, well, I don't really have, I don't really have a good idea. This is never going to work. Or the other person who's thinking, well, I already have a business. But I would really like this piece of the business to really take off. Or tell me about those two scenarios. What is it with that somebody that's sitting there like, yes, this sounds amazing, but I don't have any good ideas? Yeah. And I think people generally fall into two categories. One is I don't have any ideas, or you know, I have no I have too many ideas, I don't know which one to pick. Right. And so for both of these people, for me, it not only comes down to having a really good idea. Uh, that, you know, maybe the search engines like in terms of it's easy to rank or, you know, people can find you easily. I think, you know, a lot of people can seem to want to get into business by searching the Google rankings and looking for what is the least searchable, you know, but I think it really comes down to passion. Um, You have to do work that you love if you're going to build something online. And every single one of us has lots of talents, lots of skills, lots of learnings and also lots of experiences from our lives you know whether we're we're 25 or we're 50 or we're 60 we all have different learnings and experiences in our lives things that we have either learned to do that we never never imagined that we would have in our lives or experiences that we have gone through whether it's positive or suffering and all of those things really can be can help people I, i recently came across this new idea and i teach it in a different way but i came across this new idea that even the yellow karate belt guy or the purple karate belt guy can teach the one on white belt and it really signifies the fact that you know of course you have something in your life that you can definitely use to show other people yeah there's something in there that you can teach and when you can teach somebody else that you're really passionate about i think that's you know that's that's what you need to find and i i I really like to be able to find that for people and it sounds like you do too what about that other scenario do you work with you know a, a business that's already uh, you know, pretty successful, but they are like, hey, we really want to use this system to really get this piece of the business moving. Has that ever happened with you guys there? 
Yeah, yeah, lots of them, lots of them. I would say about thirty percent, thirty-five percent of people are are in that mode where they've got a product, uh, they've been selling it, uh, they haven't maybe sold it as well as they'd like to, and or maybe the, what they created was like a, a prototype, and they wanted to prove that before using this service. Um, and the beauty about that is that having a product speeds up, of course, having it, it speeds up a lot of different things. I would rather have somebody start from scratch and follow a plan to make a product that works from the outset, as opposed to having to go and change it multiple times, yeah. but having a product and also having some sales gives you the insight, uh, that is also very important about who your current customers are, what kind of behaviors they've exhibited already in the process to buy, to, to purchase, to experience, and even after the purchase. And all of those things can be put together into the right automated marketing and sales funnels. Yeah. I think that really helps too, because I think we have two audiences always. As somebody that's like, yes, I want to, you know, I, I have this idea of this online business, but also somebody else who already has a brick and mortar or has a, an actual company and, and really needs some help getting it to the next level. So that's awesome. Kevin, we always like to look 10 years down the road in our company, and I think that's always a good idea. Like, tell us what you think. If you could walk through your company and, and you could really take a you know a 50,000-foot view of it, what's it look like in 10 years? My, my vision in life is actually beyond the automated system. I feel like the biggest people that can oh, – not the biggest, but the people that can really change the world are entrepreneurs. Yeah. These are the people that have this – unbelievable fire in their belly because of their idea of what they really want other people to enjoy and experience because of something that they bring to the world that they are passionate about. And that has that just that fire in the belly has so much potential to inspire a lot of people. Uh, it brings change and, and financial results and happy results for themselves, their families, their staff, their families, their customers and their customers' families. Really, if you count the number of people that is, that's a whole mini society. Yeah. And so in 10 years' time, I see our company being somewhat a pioneer or some big kind of support in reaching a lot of people that would never be able to access the kind of work that we do. Uh, that is people not in the West, perhaps in the, in the developing countries, where in villages people could start small businesses, whether it's something to do with repairing mobile phones or sure. sewing machine, you know, that they could create material or they could paint or they could do, they have incredible skills, but they don't know how to harness the power of using them and then perhaps even the internet to sell this stuff or even to just support themselves locally um, to, 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 to elevate their families from where they are right now to a, a different level. And I think if we do that to a lot of people, I think hopefully the world will, will slowly improve. Yeah, and I, and I really like that too because I bet these people, as soon as you turn that light on for them and they're like, well, can you paint? Can you draw? Can you do this? Can you cook? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you should share that with the people all over the world. I bet that's a, that's a moment that I would love to see. I would love to be there and see that light bulb go off for those people. Yeah, yeah, that I have seen that light bulb go up sure. for for so many people, not just in the in the developing countries, but even the West, the clients that we have. Yeah, tiny little things that they just haven't seen, and it's not their fault. It's just that their experiences in life are different to my experiences in life, and my interests in life, and by my ability to to look, as you said, with that fifty thousand view uh, view on somebody else's project and show them those things always, always, it's just such an amazing feeling when that happens. Yeah. I, lo I love it. And that's what I used to love about teaching too, the most is to really see that go off with the students that I had. And I think both of our businesses and probably everybody who's listening in 10 years, technology wise, we have no idea. Right. Exactly. We have no idea what we're going to have exactly. to change or how we're going to market or what a, even marketing is going to look like in two years. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's why I've tried in my vision never to include any technology, simply because uh. 
my job is to is not to worry about the technology. I've always felt this. My job is not to worry so much about the technology at the moment. It's to worry about the strategy behind how I take something to a bigger group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Not to always not to have the technology be the big piece. I love that. So we all know that and one of the reasons why the machine, the business machine, is called the business machine is because what we feel is that you, and you've talked about this on your YouTube sessions, how you really have to brand and sell yourself, not only your product, but we feel that you are the machine that keeps everything moving. And what we're trying to do as we're growing these companies, I think, is we're putting pieces to this machine. And, and it could be a person. It could be a piece of technology. It could be a process that are all just little pieces of this machine that help it ultimately run itself. And so what are some things to you have done to make sure that once, you know, if you're not there every day, that your machine is running? Yeah, I think that there's two ways to look at it. And I look at it in these two ways. One is um, systems yeah. and one is, and systems can be run in two ways. One, So one is people and the other is automation or technology. And so I've done my very best to make sure that both these things are in place. Uh, the technology is obviously a lot more easier to set up because it doesn't decide to get ill one day. It doesn't <laughs> decide to, to take some holiday. Yeah. It runs, you know, irrespective of what happens, irrespective of where I am, what I'm doing, it will never fail me. And I use Infusionsoft as my biggest tool uh, to connect everything together. Um, the other side of things are people. And finding people and hiring people and firing people has been probably where I've spent most of my time, aside from aside from coming up with dreams and ideas and visions, I've probably spent most of my time in hiring people, energizing and keeping and motivating and working with my team and making them happy and answering everything I can for them. Yeah. And we use a tool called Asana, yep. uh, which is a fantastic project management tool to really bring the entire team together so everyone knows what's, do, what, what's happening and what's not happening. Yep, recently introduced a new saying with, with our team, just to make sure that everyone... Uh, documents everything so that every you know anyone can always pick it up if if somebody moves on or somebody gets ill and that's it that is that if it's not an asana it doesn't exist <laughs> i love that we're using right right now we use slack almost everybody that's come on here has either said slack or asana and and i think we're slowly starting to move to asana too and that's awesome. what we've said before too is that it's on slack it's there don't ask me questions don't email me it's over <laughs> there and you're right everybody said our energy goes into our people and i think it has to but it is i mean i i probably spend about the same amount of time on that and to me it's important i mean that's why i started this company and i i really value our employees but it does take a lot of time there's an amazing book i'll just throw in there right now and it's a book called the four obsessions of an ex of an executive or an extraordinary no yeah the four uh, the four obsessions of an extraordinary executive by patrick lencioni i just finished reading it a while back again and it talks about the four critical things every ceo needs to do and two of those things out of the four and the other are you know focusing on organ organizational clarity which is things like vision and mission and goals and values and what drives you what makes the decisions easier to make because of these things and the other part of it is the team and then the other two out of the four are essentially going back and reinforcing these two in different ways. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, really quite amazing. Yeah that's, uh, yeah, that's on my list right now. All right. So now we're into the scary section. I'm sure you're going to be fine with this because you've talked about your mistakes online a lot too. But what do you think, if you had to point to a, one of your biggest mistakes or something that you could say, hey, you know, if you're going to start a business, don't do this, what would that be? <laughs> I mean, we don't have all day, so <laughs> I want everybody to be their boss. I think that the, the the benefits far outweigh the the opposite side of things incredibly, but not everybody manages to make it, and I think there are many reasons 
And so one of the biggest mistakes that I have uh, made in many ways is actually sometimes I'm so fast, like it scares me. I, I believe that speed of implementation is the most important thing in anybody's actionable life. You have to be taking an idea you get and working on it very quickly. But I do it, I think, too quickly. I mean, like I get an idea and for a new area of the business and it's up and running very quickly. And sometimes I miss thinking about some critical steps. And now, I don't do this as much anymore. I feel like I've, I've learned from my mistakes in this particular avenue. But I remember this time when I, I thought that, you know, my music company uh, was great. It was making a lot of good money. And I wanted to take some time off. And I didn't really have any more ideas for products. And I was really, I guess, I was ready to move away from that. But I thought, I've got to find a way to keep the revenue going. I've got to find a way to not just enjoy making one-off product sales, but turn it into a really good long-term membership site. And so I remember putting and turning all of this into a membership site, putting all my products in there and charging a, you know, a fee per month for it and giving the first month free. Loads of people went to it. But I forgot to switch off one little thing that meant that the content will drip. And instead of it, the content not going out every week, it all went out in one go. Oh, no. So if after every single person went in for free, a few very dedicated, very grateful for them to stay on after that and to get my newsletter, but most of them had gone after the first month. And it was unbelievably shocking that one tiny little error technically can go wrong. Yeah. And so now I don't make silly mistakes like that anymore, which is great, hopefully. But uh, the one thing that I think is really important that I've always brought in after that one moment is checklists. And I read another great book by a Dr. Atul Gawande and talks about the checklist manifesto. And in there he talks about, and this is also part of this, by the way, which is why I'm throwing it in. But um, he talks about how doctors have to perform hundreds of potentially different types of operations, as it were, like activities. They have so many different types of procedures they have to do, and every single procedure has hundreds of different checklist, uh, like steps that they have to follow. Right. And imagine a doctor having to remember, under pressure, in the most severe situations, any one of the procedures have to come out of their mind, depending on what that patient is suffering from, and then they have to pick up the detailed steps that are in there. And he talks about how so many people have died because of doctoral mistakes in this way, simply because they've forgotten one or two critical steps, whether it's checking and rechecking the medicine or the tools that are being used. Like even just getting the equipment and then making sure they're washed and sterilized because of the speed and the pressure, so many things get forgotten. And then so what he does is he advocates for the idea of checklists and he's been using checklists and testing it in different hospitals around the US actually and uh, showing how it's actually saved people just by this one simple concept and how we can all use it in our life. Yeah, and I think checklists and process kind of go hand in hand. And, and the process is to make sure that you're following a step. I think a sales funnel and a sales process is super important. So you send out everything, you send out these emails and you send out a bunch of mailers. Now, <laughs> thank goodness we don't have lives in our hands necessarily like a doctor does. But like you, you know, those little steps that you can make sure that you follow up on, I think are super essential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think besides being too fast? What do you think personally? What's your biggest fault? I think my, one of my, one of my crazy faults is not being able to stop thinking about my work. Yeah. I, I really think that's a, I don't know if the fault is the right word, but I think it's a problem to some extent. Like I get my very best ideas when I'm not working. But when I'm not working, working. like I'm, I shouldn't be thinking about it. Right. Um, so there's two types of not working. I mean, in my, my day is generally four hours a day, four to five hours a day. 
And the rest of the time, I'm either reading, I'm cycling, walking, uh, I'm, I'm just doing anything else really that is not working on a laptop or on a computer. That is when I get my best ideas. But in the evening when it's me and my family time or me and time for my wife and I, then I shouldn't really be thinking about work. And it's hard to do that. It's really, really hard to do that because I'm so attached to my vision. I'm very dedicated to getting this process up and running for other people, not just people that take my service, but I mean like other people in the West, in the East, etc. And I think there's, there's really, it's hard. It's hard to break away from that. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, obviously technology is a problem with that too. I mean, we're always connected in any different way, not only thinking about ideas, but you know, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I should probably be doing this and I should go study this book. And especially as a new business owner too, you're thinking, well, I'm not working hard enough. So, you know, it's only up to me. So I have to work harder. Have you found ways, especially, and that kind of leads into the next question, like, can you give suggestions for people who have a family and, and who want to enjoy things outside of work? What are some ways that you've been able to say, all right, you know, I'm not going to be thinking about this. I'm not going to be reading books. I'm going to go and, and go to the soccer game and I'm going to be there and I'm going to watch and that's all I'm going to do. Yeah, I think there's I think there's two things there, actually. One is that I've learned to lean into it, actually. And I found that going and just exploring the fact that this is actually my passion. This is not work for me. Like, this is something that I truly, really love. I mean, I, I, if you gave me something else to do, I would come back and do this because this makes me come alive. And appreciate acknowledging and appreciating that and then being able to share that with the people that you love and really get them to understand that I think is the first step. Yeah. And then, then once they appreciate and understand that, then know that it's okay because they understand it, they're going to let you do it more than they probably wouldn't let you do it or they'd be more open to it. But when it's those special times that you should be focusing on what it is that you should focus on with your family or as you said, the sports game, then just go do that. But knowing that everybody's happy with how you are, yeah. uh, that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, I follow the method of time boxing. So my calendar is con constantly blocked out for every activity that I need to do. Yeah. Like if I need to review a sales page, I've got that in for 15 minutes. Yep. Like every single thing is blocked into my calendar. And that, that way, uh, my public calendar for when people need to book appointments is directly pulled from there. But also, you know, I have the beauty about Google calendars is that you can lay on different things. So I can see my wife's calendar. We have a joint calendar for our social stuff together. We can see that. Everything just is easy and plain to see there, and we just work within those within those timeframes. Yeah, and I think that's one of the uh, best things that I ever did. And anybody out there listening is that make that calendar. We use Google Calendar here. My staff all has access to it. My uh, podcast, who I want to interview, they know. I send them a link. They see the open spots. I have my kids' games on there. I have social things on there, and so everything is run by that. And then to me, that's just been a big weight off my shoulders because if I need to go and, and go to my son's football game like I have to uh, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., that is on the calendar, even though it's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We talked a little bit about this, and I want to just that work-life balance, I hate that, and that's in one of my questions, too, and I hate that term work-life balance. And so here we've done, I don't know, 20 podcasts, and I still say the damn statement every time, work-life balance, but I think you really hit it on the head, and I've said this before, too, that if you're very passionate about what you do. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're able to do this because that work-life balance really comes from the old school way of thinking that I'm going to go to work from eight to five. And then when I leave and walk through my door at home, that's it. I don't have to think about work. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to leave all those problems at work and deal with them on Monday morning. Work-life balance makes a lot of sense there. But for us, like you said, if you're super passionate about what you do, that term doesn't really exist. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I think that it's very difficult to achieve that. But I think that there's a few things like, you know, I travel four to five months in a year. Uh, you calculate all the weeks and days that I travel, it will probably come up to four to five weeks, four to five months in a year. And I love to travel. I mean, there's nothing that excites me more than traveling uh, and my, my work, of course, and of course, my family. But the the I think the, ver the really important thing to do is to be able to merge those things together in a way that brings everything happen, happening for you. So for example, for me, I've realized that I cannot have an office and then have a team of people in there working because that won't really work for me for my travel plans. Right. Uh, so I have built a remote com company. We have 13 staff. Everybody works from their home. We work online. We managed to do it beautifully together. It is really an amazing thing these days because of the technology that we have that we can do that. Uh, so Everybody works in their own schedule, in their own time zones. Uh, as long as the work gets done by the required due date, everybody's happy and we're, we're, we're keeping things going. So I think to, to, to manage that, I think you, you have to be able to create the right structures in your life to, to give you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, structures, everything, especially with your personal life. So I love that. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, I, I want to get rid of work-life balance. It makes, me, it makes me sick saying that. So I'm going to change that. <laughs> What is your favorite quote? I'm a big quote guy. I love quotes. Um, I have them hanging in the office. What is a quote you'd like to share with us? Everybody shines given the right lighting. Mm. And I think that light writing, that, that, that right lighting, as it were, is something that is generally already within you. But sometimes we need something external to activate activated you know like like you just said about the, the third the third world as it were you know yeah, can yeah. you cook something can you eat something can you uh create something can you draw something everybody has those amazing talents but just one external message from somebody to say that you could teach that and you could really do well with it yeah. can easily provide that lighting to do something amazingly for it so everybody shines but you have you know that given the right lighting and that lighting is there to be tapped into yeah and i see it i love it because when you're like you know what you should teach somebody else that they're like oh my gosh you're right i should yeah. I should yeah. do that. I'd be really exactly. good at that. Exactly. That's a quote by uh, Susan Cain from the book Quiet, mm. The Power of Introverts. Now I have three more books I have to read. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so speaking of business books, give us another one that you really like. Uh, I read a lot. I mean, I read a huge amount. So I probably read about a book a week, sometimes two books a week. Uh, the, the one... The, I'm going to give you this book. This is the one that I feel like has started off my entire journey in business. I credit some of my greatest learnings to this book. It's called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got by Jay Abraham. And if you are a small business owner, you want to be a small business owner, you are looking to start a company somewhere or the other, you have to read this book. It's written with examples that are not as modern as they could be, but it shows you really truly what is powerful with some of the concepts if you apply them in your business. Love that. That's on my list now too. What about if you could be, and I'm sure you've already had some of these dinners too, if you could meet and have dinner with any business owner, uh, living or not living, who would it be and why? Oh, well, uh, there's a few I'd love to have dinner with. I'd love to have dinner with Elon Musk. Uh -huh. I'd love to have dinner with Jeff Bezos. And I'd probably love to have dinner with somebody like uh, Robin Sharma, who is a leadership coach. Yeah, I don't. I know the other two. Tell us a little bit more about Robin. Uh, he wrote the book called "The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari," and uh, talks really. And, and then I think he wrote another book called "Leaders Who Have No Title." So there's more books for you there. Yeah, great. <laughs> but, uh, uh, fantastic uh, business fables, all about uh, leadership and rising to the top as a CEO, and and mainly just how to cultivate your vision and also get your team to buy in, and then ultimately do great work. 
put about in your in London or maybe somewhere across the globe. Who knows? Where's your favorite place to eat? My favorite place to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite place to eat would be a vegetarian, pure vegetarian, or even a vegan restaurant. And we have a lot of them in, in London, so I'm spoilt for choice. But I'd probably say Mana, which is the oldest vegan restaurant in the entire Europe, and that's in London. Awesome. And people should check that out. Besides Asana, because I know that's probably what you would say here, what technology, app, or software couldn't you live without? Oh, wow. Uh, I like Evernote a lot, but I think I would say Skype, <laughs> simply really? because... Yeah, I mean, Asana and Skype, and not, not a lot of people say Skype, actually, but and a lot of people say Evernote, so that's why I'm going to dodge that one. But I think that Skype, for me, if I, if I say, if I look at all my apps and look at which ones I use the most, it would be Asana and Skype, because we do all our chats in there. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm picking that one. Yeah, and I, you know, we use Skype a little bit. We used to, but then as soon as we started the podcast, like, this is what we're recording the podcast on on Skype, and it sounds beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap up here, what's the best way somebody's thinking, man, I, this, this might actually work for me. What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you or to someone learn more about the automated business system? Yeah. Our company insider internet success with the same domain name, that's I N S I D E R insider internet success.com. You can go there, check out what we have going on. We have a lot of success stories and we'd like to share them. We're actually just released a couple of uh, videos as well with like long interviews with our clients and you'll be able to see them in talking with me about their journey. And hopefully a lot of that is there to uh, ultimately inspire you to see what's possible for yourself and even give you some ideas for some of the things that you can do. And whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to look at building a business online, uh, we only work with five people a month. I don't know if you know that. Right. Oh, we know. Take on, yeah. We only take on five people a month. And so anybody that's ever interested and we have a list of course, the people that are interested, then you can get on a 30 minute phone call with us. Uh, it's a business coaching session where we'll look at your ideas and give you some feedback and you can ask us any questions about automation and building an automated online business. And, uh, hopefully you'll get some great value from that, whether you decide to go ahead or not. So really there's no risk. I could be like, Hey, I've got these ideas. Um, I'm not sure if they're still here or not, but I could, I could set up a meeting with you and your team and, and really kind of see how it might work for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the whole idea to give you some, some non-biased, but really, uh, ID in information on uh whether you think it's good or not awesome last question it's a big one but what do you think or what do you hope your legacy will be i want to be the person that really helped lift people up i want to be the person that you know people say stand back and say he was a really humble guy but he took everything that he knew and he gave it to others I love that. And, and I love thinking about that third, the, the idea, and I've really never heard anybody say it that, and it makes perfect sense now, but that third world idea that, you know, we're not talking about just jobs and let's get more manufacturing jobs in the third world, but let's, let's give and empower people to do what they love to do. And I really like that. And so thank you for sharing that with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been great being on here. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on our show today. And, um, uh, we, look forward to uh, talking to you and I'm sure we'll be in touch later. And so we'll have everything in here and all the several hundred books that he recommended in our show notes, plus all the links to his social media and website. So Cabot, thank you very much for taking your time to speak to us here at the business machine. My pleasure. Thanks.